0: My friends who write songs say if a song's going to make it, it has to have a hook. A hook is that memorable line, that three or four word phrase that you cannot forget. And once you hear that song, it's that hook that stays with you. You remember all of the rest of the song uh, because of that one hook. Uh, Phrases like, I can't make you love me if you don't. I've got friends in low places. See, you remember that hook, that, that one phrase. So, if you're going to write a letter that transforms the teaching of the New Testament church, if you're going to write a letter that becomes the foundation for preaching a couple of thousand years after you send the letter, then you'd better have a good hook. And Paul does. In Romans, that hook is in Christ. In Christ. When you read the book, what you think about what you're left with is what it means to be a person who is alive in Christ, who has been forgiven in Christ. Let me show you what I mean. Stand with us in honor of God's word as we read the very familiar opening of Romans chapter 8. Therefore, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled and it would be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit have their mind set on things of the Spirit. Now, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he does not belong to Christ. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it. Believe it and live. Let's pray together. We have read these words hundreds of times. We have quoted them. And we have never been grasped by the depth of their meaning. Let this be the day. that we go out of here not celebrating that there's no condemnation, but celebrating that the spirit of the one who raised Christ from the dead is doing the same in us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. A lot of us, when we read the Bible, only read a couple of verses at a time. This is sad because it disconnects certain passages from passages before them and after them. Most of you will say, well, according to Romans 8, and then you will quote Romans 8:1, and that's as far as you will go. You do not understand that Romans 8 begins, not at Romans 8, but in Romans 1. We have this whole argument that is leading up to Romans 8. You remember how the book goes. Paul is writing to the church in Rome that does not know him. So he is saying, this is who I am. This is the gospel I preach. I want to come and preach to you so that you can then support my ministry as I go to the south of France and Spain there in southern Europe. That's why I want to come to you so you can support my missionary journey to Europe. That reminds him, this is why I preach. And we have the famous section about how God gave sinful people over to their sinful minds. This is why I preach. I'm preaching so that people can know their sinfulness and know that God has given them a way out in Christ. Then he says to his Jewish friends, because you are Jewish, do not think that you have a shortcut. You are a sinful person just like everybody else. Chapter 3, all people have fallen short of, glory, of, of the glory of God. On and on he goes, and just, he keeps preaching that and teaching that till he gets to Romans 7. Now, Romans 7 is your favorite verse. You may not know it, but you love it. I know what to do, but I can't do it. I know what I'm not supposed to do, but I do them anyway, right? That's your theme verse. You've said that you did not know you were quoting Bible, you were quoting Romans 7. At the end of Romans 7, Paul writes, who can save us from this body of death? Thanks be to God. For Jesus Christ, his son, now, therefore, because of everything I have been telling you in chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, now, therefore, I want to tell you what it means. How many of you know Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation, right? Bam, know that. That's not what it says. That's what you read. It says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What's the difference? The no condemnation is how you get to being in Christ. Okay? If you're going to paint something, what's the first thing you do? Clean the surface you're painting. If you don't, you end up painting dirt. When the dirt comes off, what else comes off? the paint. Too many Baptists have taken the message of no condemnation and tried to paint over the dirt of their lives. And when the dirt comes off, so does their relationship to Christ Jesus. The first part of the gospel is that God doesn't condemn you. The second part is he sets you free to live in Christ Jesus. The first part is how the second part happens. When you read the verse, there is no condemnation, your first response is the same as mine. That's not fair. That's not right. You know what you've done. I know what I've done. The reason ministers move out of their hometown is to get away from people who know what they've done. I know what I've done. I know what I deserve. You know what you've done. You know what you deserve. So when you hear someone say, there's no condemnation, your first response is, that can't be right. It can't be that easy. Did you see what Paul said? He didn't say it was easy. He said it was impossible. The mind of the flesh can't please God. Now, you're assuming that someone who always thinks bad things, this is someone who's always after greed, this is someone who's always lying, always stealing, because that's what the mind of the flesh is. Not necessarily, Some of us have the mind of the flesh because we think our salvation, we think our relationship with God is something that we earn. It's something we control. We're always trying to do some kind of magic. That is, we're trying to get God in a place where he has to respond to what we want him to do. If I go to church a whole bunch, then God has to answer my prayers, right? Okay, 11 years ago, Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. I'm clear. I'm fine. Don't send me an email. Okay, I'm good. Um, I know some of you just woke up. Hey, what, what? Um, (laughs) All right, it's all good. But I will tell you, I've told you before, my first response when the doctor told me was that Jesus broke the deal. Okay, we had a deal. I put up with all of you. Nothing bad happens to me. That's the deal. I've been doing my part, Jesus. Why didn't you do your part? That's the mind of the flesh. That's magic. I'm going to rub my little lantern and God will appear and give me what I want. You can't please God that way. You can't control your own salvation. Now, let me tell you what, what Paul is saying. Let me break it down for you, Alabama style. The judge walks in. Will the defendant please rise and face the court? Mike Glenn you have been charged, and the charges will be read. And you have been found guilty. The sentence is death. And you know that's true. It happens to you all the time. You tell a lie, truth dies. You break a relationship, friendship dies. You commit adultery, a marriage dies, a family dies. You know it to be true. When sin happens, somebody, something dies. It happens all the time. The wages of sin are death. You are guilty by the law, by the law of the covenant, by the Ten Commandments, by any law of common sense. We are condemned. Now, I've told you the way the word but works in the English language. How does the word but work? It dismisses everything said before it. Okay? I've really dated, I enjoyed dating you for the last three months, but. Okay? It erases everything said before it. You have been found guilty as charged, but. Raises everything said before it. Your sentence is paid. Your sentence is paid. Your death has already been died. You following what he said? Condemned Christ in the form of a sinful person. Your death has already been died. You are now free to go. How does that happen? The same power, the same spirit, okay, look at it. It's what it says. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which is impossible, is now calling you to a new life. Once more, impossible. You're saying, Mike, I know I'm guilty. Christ has died your death. Now you are raised up. The same impossibility of that first Easter, is now accomplished in you. And now you live your life in Christ. In Christ. The one who died for me is now the one who lives in me. giving me the power to overcome death and all of its forms in my life. Now, you want to know, how do I know? How do I know if I have been through this experience? Look at what Paul says. What do you think about? Those who are in Christ have the mind of the Spirit. Those who are not in Christ have the mind of the flesh. What do you think about? What do you desire? What holds your attention? What do you dream about would be the perfect life? If you had all of the money you needed, what would you do? What would you do with your life? What do you think about? James says when he writes to the early church, be careful what you think about because what you think about becomes what you want. What you want becomes what you do. What you do becomes who you are. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's in Romans also. Don't be conformed by the teachings of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What? Do you think about what do you desire? Is it the things for the father? Or is it things that you control that I control? What is it that you think will give your life meaning? Where do you go? To whom do you go for your blessing? Who is it you're trying to prove? Who is it you're trying to get to say they're proud of you? Paul says, if you're thinking with yourself, you can't please God. You can't please God. It's not a matter of trying harder. Not a matter of doing better. You can't. The only way you do that is to lose your life in Christ. It's not me who lives, Paul writes, but Christ in me. So all I want is him. All I want to learn about is him. Only person I want to be with is him. What do you want? What do you desire? What do you think about? There's no condemnation. You can start free because of what Christ has done. That's the first part. The second part is the life that you never even thought was possible because of the power of the resurrection in you. Therefore, because everything that Christ has done, you can have a very, very different life. And it can start this morning. Romans 8 is part of Paul's story. My prayer for you this morning, is that it becomes your story. Let's pray together. I grew up Southern Baptist. I grew up in a time when we would have an invitation time that lasted longer than the sermon. I don't want to do anything to emotionally manipulate you or put you on the spot. But I do want to talk to some of you who grew up like I did. And you heard that message every Sunday about forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness is great. But hear me, that is only the first part. There is a life as glorious waiting on you was for Christ when he was raised from the dead. Do you get that? And it breaks my heart that most of you have never come close to that. So before you go, will you find one of our ministers waiting for you out in the atrium? We wait out there so we can have all the time we need to talk to you so we can be private so we can hear your conversation. That's why we're out there. We're in no hurry. We want you to know the gospel in all of its fullness and the power of the resurrection. If the Lord is leading you to be part of Brentwood Baptist Church, you come, you join us in this mission of reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. However Christ has come to you, he's waiting for you where you are. The church will wait for you as you come. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray now the moments we make, the decisions we make are exactly what you want.